to another episode of Executive Talk. Those that are here live with us in our studio audience and also those that are watching us live. In today's episode, we have a Precious Child, which is a nonprofit organization here located locally in Broomfield, Colorado. The reason why we have a Precious Child on here again is we want to build their story, <coughs> number one. Number two, we like to see nonprofit organizations that are really helping out the community and actually moving throughout the community and making that, making that impact. And that's the most important value of a nonprofit organization is the impact that they make. Today's show is the impact of help. This is something that we don't really talk about in society anymore, do we? No. Not at all. You know, the impact, of, the impact of help is so deep, but it gets no recognition at all. And this nonprofit organization is doing a very good job as far as helping and making an impact with that help. And we have the benefit of ha having one of their um, people that they help, which is Matthew DeLoa, which is a, a, you'll actually hear a story here in the next few minutes as to how his journey here to Colorado and how he's striving here today. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming Matthew DeLoa. Okay. How you doing, Matthew? I'm doing well. All right. Thanks for being here. Thank and you. Thank you for taking the time to tell your story. Before we actually get into the story, please give us, give us a little background on you because what, you're at age 21 now, right? <coughs> yes, yes. Okay, give us a little bit more. Um, well, yes, my name is Matthew DeLoa. I'm 21 years old. I have a younger sister and she's 17 years old, currently the legal guardianship, legal guardian of her. Okay. And I'm <coughs> a full-time student at Fountain Range Community College with a major in political science. Nice, congratulations. Good. That's, that's a big deal. He's going to school and going to college and doing the same. I like that. So let's go ahead and get into your story and your journey to Colorado, because you haven't lived here your whole time. You started out, I think, in California. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So how did that journey to, Cal to Colorado, why is that such an impactful journey? <coughs> it, it kind of starts from the beginning, like where I was born in California, because, see, uh, in California, I had, I had kind of a rough childhood. I, I was <coughs> not a very happy kid. I was very depressed. And... My dad eventually, know, well, he had already known, but he noticed this when I was 14, and he told me, hey, like, let's go to Mexico. Let's go. I was born there, like, <clears throat> and this, in, in my experience, it was, it was, I was a happy kid, so maybe it'll be the same for you. Like, it'll be better for you. You'll make friends. And I, I liked the idea so much. <laughs> and <clears throat> so, yes, I said, yes, let's go, and we did. We went to Mexico when I was 14. And it was good. I made, I made like real friends. I genuine friends, ones that helped me be better, like myself. I, I just, I wasn't depressed anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, about a year later, um, my parents got divorced, mm. and that that was a big blow to our family. Like my my then ten year old sister, myself, I fifteen now, <clears throat> fifteen then, and. Well, <coughs> that caused lots of problems. My dad was a single parent, and I, and I saw what he was doing for us. He was doing everything so that he could give us everything that we wanted. And here I was doing nothing. Sure. I wasn't doing anything with my life. I, was, I didn't have any responsibilities. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have anyone relying on me. And I saw him doing, just sacrificing all that he had so he could take care of us. And uh, when I was 17... I got frustrated with this. I was frustrated. And I told him, hey, I want to go back to the US. I want to help you. I want to, I want to do something with my life. And he agreed. 
he said yes, he was very supportive and he told me <clears throat> that because there's like in both areas, the United States and Mexico, there's just better opportunities for someone of my age, yeah. especially someone of my age than 17. Sure. And I, I wanted to do that. So two years after that, when I was 19, we finally amassed everything we needed so I could go back to the U.S. And my sister decided to come with me because she had the same ideas. She wanted to do something with her life. Gotcha. And <clears throat> that's why, well, we didn't choose California because it wasn't a choice. We, I did not want to go back there. Sure, yeah. And we had a distant relative in Colorado who we asked, hey, can you host us for a few days? And they said yes. So when you came to Colorado, did you have an opportunity? Because I know what was important to you is education. What was the first high school that you went to when you got enrolled into when you arrived at Colorado? <coughs> uh, it's called Westminster High School. Okay. And People are <coughs> Westminster High School. <laughs> it, it's called Westminster High School. And what actually happened was that, <coughs> sorry, oh, you're fine. Uh, in Mexico, I actually dropped out of high school because I, one, we were like on the final stages of like me going back to the United States, so uh, that too. But I, I thought it would be a great idea that I drop out of high school in Mexico because I wanted to finish in, in the United States. I just felt like it would be more beneficial because I was going to live in the United States right, in, in my future. I don't know. I didn't expect. I didn't know what to expect from it, but I'm happy I did. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I see Westminster High School. I we went to it so I could enroll my sister. Yeah. Not me. The plan was that I would start working like one or two jobs because I wanted to help sustain us by ourselves. I didn't want to keep asking my dad for money, and for a long time we did. We did. Now we're, it's completely us. Like we're, we're not asking him for anything anymore because I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to take more from him if I can't help it, <coughs> and now I can. But in <coughs> when I was enrolling my sister and we left, I. I just saw behind me this, uh, this amazing school. I just, I just had like all these scenarios. I imagined myself being a student there. And I, I thought, hey, what if I was a student? What if I tried juggling a job and a student and being student, a student at the same time? I, I loved the idea. And, but I was worried because I didn't think I was going to be able to sustain us, my sister and myself. <coughs> at, in the end, I decided to take the gamble. I said, yes, let, let me try it. Let me do it. And so many great things came from that mm. because I met teachers, advisors, counselors, like all these people that I consider my gen genuine friends. <clears throat> I don't know if it was because they saw that I had, I had drive, I was focused, and I wanted to do good. Because before that, I was never a good student. So I was very surprised when I, when I actually started applying myself. I had different goals instead of just playing video games all day <clears throat> to... Like, I was a good student, and because of this, one of my teachers, she read one of my essays. It was about my life, mm -hmm. and she said, hey, can I submit this to a, a committee? And I said, yes, <coughs> please do. And what came from that was that I won an award, and then after that, I, I won another award, and then after that, and so on. And whew, this is where one of my advisors... <coughs> She told me about the scholarship. The scholarship, this $20,000 scholarship, only five people would get it. And she told me, hey, this might be right up your alley. Like, you should try getting it. And I, I said, yeah, I'll try it. I'll, I'll, I'll try it, I want to. 
Um, and this was when I wasn't even considering college. I didn't know I was going to pay for it. Mm. And um, I applied for it. I wrote the essay. I was called up for an interview. And there was this man, Raymond Gonzalez. <coughs> he, he heard my story about how, why, why I should be the one to get a scholarship, about how it's not only about me. I have so many different things that I want to do now. Like, my dad wants me to do them. My sister relies on me. I want to give. I want to give. I want to inspire people and all these things. So while I was saying my speech, he seemed to relate, and he, um, he was crying. Hmm. So not only, did he, not only did he hand me the scholarship, but he also referred me to a precious child where his wife was a volunteer. Gotcha. So then that meeting took place with the precious child, which when if you're 19 years old, you have your sister, you're, you have this huge responsibility, and you're, you know, your dad is over here depending on you to take care of business over here. How does that meeting take place? What does it start to, how does everything start to change for you during that meeting? Because um. <coughs> I, mean, I think you're trying to, get settled and trying to find a spot for your, you and your sister and... Yes. Huh. <clears throat> well... The, the plan in all of that was for me to come over here and get a job, and go, like go to school if I could. Yeah. But... I feel that... <clears throat> I feel that what, what, a lot, lot, one, one thing that happened a lot after, especially after meeting a precious child, like it, it, um, it like gave us a sense of belonging, like as in with many families, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Many families, I'm, I'm sure, feel the same way. They, oh, we came here from a different country on our own. We didn't know anyone. And sure, we made connections, like, especially because of school, but because of a precious child, <clears throat> we had more people, like these people that we could rely on for anything, like advice, just advice and like if we needed something or we need something to be done that we couldn't exactly like even afford like laptops we can't we can't afford laptops clothes we didn't even consider buying because it's expensive yeah. and we don't have that money to that money to pay for those luxuries we had to pay for the necessities yeah and <clears throat> when a precious child finally came along well <laughs> it alleviated so much of the stress of getting all that done like those extras and it let us focus on what we had to do ourselves mm. like school yes. so constantly it was a huge morale boost and I, that's i'm very grateful that's awesome so i want to hear from a precious child real quick to actually hear what the impact was when you guys actually met matthew and how that helped you guys tailor your program yeah so we had just started our core center program which was diving in deeper with our families and um, offering more navigational services. And Matthew and Vanessa were our very first clients that we were able to um, actually provide these extended services to. And helping them truly helped us form this program and see how helping them, how we can help others in similar situations and just how to navigate all those, you know, barriers that pop up when 
they're just trying to go to school and get an education, how we can help break down some of those barriers. Sure. <coughs> sure. So has it been inspiring to you guys meeting Matthew and his sister? Oh my God, I mean, you've met him, he's amazing. So I mean, I need to step up my game. Um, but they've been amazing because they have had so many hurdles to jump over and they, you know, they don't take it lying down, they keep going and they're truly both very motivated. Mm -hmm. And so we're so excited to help them and kind of see what's gonna happen in the future. Gotcha. So what are, what are some of the most important characteristics that you learn? So you're, you're, you're receiving help, you're out here on your own, what characteristics did you have to learn in order to, in order to make it through? Because like, like um, Courtney was saying, you're amazing, but then you had to keep on pushing through all these hurdles. So all these, so with those hurdles, what characteristics uh, did you develop? <coughs> I, hmm. there's a, there's a few. Uh, first off, I would like to say like, um, there's some, some things that I started like a saying, I started believing greatly. It, it's uh, it's just that hardship shapes change. As in, like <clears throat> now, I, I take that as one of how I should be living. But it, it's basically about like everything that we've dealt with right now, everything that we've dealt with in our journey here, and uh, well, living just living here. Um, it's like it feeds into <clears throat> what we want to do in our lives. Because if something hard comes by, we know how to deal with it now because we've constantly dealt with it. Like we were. <clears throat> there were many times when we were almost homeless, mm. and I, oh well, yes, I had to find a place to live, and we were living in garages, like just living room, floor, and etc., etc., like basement. But throughout all of that, <clears throat> I, I had to learn how to be social, as as <laughs> as funny as I might sound, because I was always a very, <clears throat> I was a very antisocial kid, like my whole life. I. <clears throat> I stayed shut in my room, playing video games and reading books. That was it. Like I, I didn't. I never had anything, anyone relying on me. So, I, I feel like that's why I changed so so much in these things. That here in Colorado, now I had people relying on me, or at least I felt like I had, and people that believed in me, people that were pushing me on. Okay, go, you can do it. <clears throat> and even I, I pushed myself way too much because I, I wanted to do the same things. And yeah. I learned how to break out of my shell. I. <clears throat> I had to learn that because, like, if I was ashamed of saying my story, like, because we were homeless, I know, pe I know lots of people would be ashamed of saying that. I w they wouldn't go asking for help. If I was ashamed of doing that, then I probably wouldn't have made the same connections or had the same opportunities I did, mm. maybe even the scholarship. And now I'm going to college only because of that. I, I had to learn a lot. And one of the... And throughout all of that, I feel like one of the biggest ones is something that I've never had to deal with before, responsibility. That's huge. It's amazing. <laughs> I think uh, this, this part is even more amazing. You know, when you talk about what drives you, you know, <coughs> one thing that's constant in this conversation is your dad and your sister and you. Tell me how those things have shaped you and, and tell me how each one of those people that I listed are a driving force for you. <coughs> the man's thirsty when he motivates people. <coughs> That's how that works. <laughs> no, it's just like a. <laughs> no, you're good. It's a very important topic, yeah. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Um, I feel that my, as it should be obvious, but my dad is 
most likely my biggest motivator. Not only has he been the only one that has throughout my life been there for me. I mean, sure, he's my dad. He, like, you can say that, you can say that argument, but <clears throat> he's been there the whole time. Like, he moved to Mexico because he saw that I was depressed, and a year later they got divorced because of it. My mom didn't want to, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> but um, but what, what happened? What happened is that, like, my, because of my dad, I, I see, because of that, I saw my dad's example. I saw the sacrifices that he had to make, both physically, physical, and emotional. All these things that <clears throat> I never had to deal with before. Again, I was I was always shut in, and I saw his example, and I just thought, how can I be doing nothing now? Just, I'm watching him. That's it. I'm not trying to help him. I couldn't. I either I couldn't or I didn't. I, most it was mostly that I didn't. But now that I'm living here in Colorado, I can, <clears throat> like, and I'm chasing after my dreams. I can imagine him telling me, "Hey, I'll be proud. Of, I'll be proud of like anything that you do. Like anything, anything you do. I'll be, I'll be proud." I can imagine him saying that. But you know what? No, I'm, I, I'm. <clears throat> I, I'm going to give him, like, if he looks back at all the sacrifices and things that he has, he's had to give up so that he could take care of us, if he's going to do that, I am not going to add failure to that pile. If <clears throat> I'm going to be adding anything, it's going to be my success. And the way he'll see it is, my successes bought through his sacrifices. <clears throat> and that's his dream. He wants to succeed and get our dreams. Yeah. Next would, yeah, my sister. Yeah, your sister. <clears throat> like, I love her. <laughs> I love her. And she's, you know, from the very beginning, healing my adventure in Colorado, our adventure in Colorado, like, I probably wouldn't even be here right now if it weren't for her. <clears throat> we always had each other's back from the very beginning. Like we almost broke down the first day we got here. Yeah. But because we were a team, like all three of us, we got through. We dealt with it. And <clears throat> yeah, she's my sister. I have custody over her. But not only that, my dad gave me legal. Yeah, yeah. My dad gave me legal guardianship of my sister. Yeah. A, a father gave me his daughter. And he's always done everything he could do so he could give everything to her. Now that I'm in that position, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to ensure it. And the last one, it's actually pretty simple. It's me. As I've said countless times now, I have always been antisocial, and I always had these issues as a kid in Colorado, and in California, and in Mexico, part of it. <clears throat> but living here in Colorado, now that I'm transitioning into a man, you could call me a young man, a teenager, uh, like a teenager. You could you call you could call me all any of that. <laughs> like <clears throat> now that I am one. That young boy is still there. That boy with issues. 
Like, I still have various issues, but I've dealt with lots of the ones I had before. And that young man, that young boy, is still there. And I want to push that young boy forward so that he can also be a man. That's, those are, I would say, my three main drives, my three biggest drives. That's huge. So obviously, with this question, what do you want to achieve in your adult years? I'm going to go ahead and say motivational speaker. Would you guys agree? Yeah. <laughs> so much of a motivational speaker. I am crying over here. Hey, hey, you got everybody um, all choked up over here. <coughs> Way to put the room down, Matt. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah. <clears throat> There's three things that I want to be in my life, and I've already set like exactly, exactly what I want to be. I don't know how I'm going to get there, currently, but I'm working on it. It's uh, yeah. I want to be a lawyer, a politician, and a motivational speaker. Why those three things? <clears throat> lawyer, because I want to learn about law. Like there's a reason for it, but yeah. I, I want to learn about law, and I want to know more about. A system that, like a system, just a system. I want to know more about laws, how they work, what they, you know, like these things. Because I, what I want to do is I actually want to make change. I want to make an impact, but change as in the form, like good change. I know it can't always be good, but <clears throat> that's what I'm aiming for. Like there's some things in the educational system right now, and I'm I've lived through it like very recently. I know exactly, well, I know exactly what I'm talking about, but I don't know if I'm right. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, yes, like I, I believe there should be some things that could be added into that. Like it could, uh, some practical life skills, like learning how to speak, for example, just to people, just, just to people. There's yeah. nothing like that in, in, like, in a child's education, not typically anyway. Like I would like to add something like that. Okay. But to do these things, like I would, well, that's, that's what I go into. Like I want to be a politician because... As I said, I want to cause the form, good things, good changes. And I want to know the law, so I actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't want to go into it and not and be saying that I'll do this or do that, but not know <laughs> if it can be done. Like, I need to know the law. <laughs> right, that makes sense. I'm not <coughs> laughing to know at the law. you. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I need to know the law to do any of that. And I feel like as a politician, I would be able to cause the... I feel that like it would be one of the things that I can cause a great amount of like, positive impact. And the last one <coughs> is motivational speaker. This was actually only very recently that I thought of this when I gave a speech for Precious Child to 800 people um, <coughs> when I was still very anxious about these things. Yeah. That only happened because I asked, I wanted to get better at speaking and I was given the opportunity. So I want to inspire people. <coughs> I want to inspire people to do like to act, and I've I've had constant time. I've seen it constantly where, in my school, so say for the scholarship that I got, the twenty thousand dollars scholarship, only five people would get it, and I heard constantly students saying, "Oh, I'm not going to apply for it. Only five people can get it, so I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to get it. Why should I?" Yeah. I've seen that constantly, and I, I get bothered by it. I want people. I'm not special. I'm not special. So. I want people to do that kind of thing. Like, I moved from a different country because I wanted to follow my success. And I know that's not the answer to everyone, but in similar cases, like, it's things that you can do that you're scared of or intimidated and you probably wouldn't think of doing. 
what we avoid doing. And I want to inspire people to take those chances, those keys to a success. If you had one thank you to give to a precious child today, what would that be? (laughs) Well, um, one thank you. I would, <coughs> I would, I would have to say that. <sighs> thank you very much for the constant support to our family, and for dealing with me for this long. Like the only reason I'm the only reason I'm like this far in, like even in college or even here, is because of a precious child. Like all these opportunities are opening up for us because of you, and. Like, well, yeah, thank you, for, thank you for putting that little kid up in an audience of 800 people as well. Thanks for that. <laughs> like, he, he, he appreciates it. Um, but, yeah, no, like, thank you for giving me all the amazing opportunities you have thus far. And I hope to have more ways to thank you for it. And what about a precious child? Is there anything that you guys want to give to Matthew as far as a, I don't know, a thank you or whatever that means to you guys? I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. You're on such an amazing path right now, and you're being such an amazing example to your sister. And um, she's going to be applying for college soon. And, I mean, you're setting such a great example for her, so just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to – like, I can't wait to see what the future holds for you because it's going to be pretty amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. You know, I want to give you guys some uh, final thoughts based on what you guys heard today. There's a – a lot of messages, a lot of undertones within uh, Matthew's presentation. First and foremost, thank you so much, Matthew, for allowing Executive Talk to have you on here. Thank you so much for having so, me. We appreciate you. And appreciate everything you're doing for your sister. That's a, that's a huge deal. You know, this is, this is her example as to what manhood looks like. Whether she understands that or not, and whether you understand that or not, you're actually giving her that first example. So you're making a huge impact on your sister. So, I mean... You're, you're doing a whole heck of a lot. Things could have went a whole lot of different directions with him coming as a 19-year-old, you know, with him and his sister. Things could have went really in a, in a bad direction, but, you know, that's, that's blessing. That's what help does for, for people. And again, in society, we don't talk about help. Help is actually a currency because you think about it biblically, that's where blessings flow. This is blessings flowing, okay, that... No matter what, he was still able to keep everything going and keep everything flowing to where he's able to go to college and talk intelligently up here and keep moving through and inspire to be a motivational speaker. That's a huge deal. So a few things we have to do for, for these two is his sister wants to be an artist. She's an amazing artist. Matthew, he wants to be a motivational speaker. He wants to be mentored by a lawyer. He wants to be mentored by a politician. We'll work on that one. But <laughs> we're going to start with the motivational speaker. So if there's anybody out there who has any contacts in those, in, in those areas, let's help, help, help Matt out so he can uh, keep on moving through and keep on progressing. And one major word that he said today was the word sacrifice. His father's sacrifice is humongous. And that sacrifice is carrying over to him and is carrying over to his sister. You see how that example is keep on flowing through? I want you guys to think of that impact of the sacrifice. So, Mr. DeLoa, I know you'll watch this show. Maybe not right now, but you'll watch it later on. 
I want to thank you for your sacrifice for, for Matthew. And I know, happy, I know Father's Day was last week, but happy Father's Day to you. And thank you for being an amazing dad. <coughs> I'm getting all choked up now. Um, so <laughs> thank you so much for being an amazing dad and <coughs> giving that example of sacrifice because it's definitely showing up in that. But for everybody here in the studio audience, I would like for you guys to continue um, um, watching this program. For those at home, please watch on Facebook, LinkedIn. But Matt has to get to work. I have to get to work also. You guys have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Matt. Thank you.